Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soul Led. We're so excited to be here with you today talking all about purpose. I don't know about you guys, but that was like a big deal in my life for a long time. And I have brought on my dear friend, my right hand, my everything, Kat, who many of you may know if you're in any of the soul programs, Kat is like the godmother of all the soul programs. So welcome, Kat. And wait, I'm actually going to say her full name, you guys, because she's from Poland and I'm going to try to say her full name. Her full name is Katarzyna Mojeska. Bravo, yay! You nailed it, Nikki. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show, Kat. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Kat first, and then we'll go into her story. And she is like the perfect person to talk about purpose with. And we've been friends for a long time, so we... So I know a bit of her, I've been through the journey a little bit with her, so I'm excited to have her on the show. So Kat is an intuitive and a certified life coach. She's passionate about life purpose during her readings, which if you guys haven't had a reading with her, she's amazing. She spots what things in your energy that take you off your path. She loves to look at like guidance that will help shift you. And she's just like curious all around. So I feel like she just brings the best energy into her clients, into her reading, and she's just all heart. So welcome Kat to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. She's also a mommy. Yeah. Yes. That's four year old. Almost five. Time flies. Yes. I I believe it. So Kat, tell me a little bit, let's start off with like how you got curious about the work and a little bit about like kind of what it is to be in this spiritual world and live where you live. So that's a very good question. <laughs> you know, Poland is a very Catholic country and I, I was born in a Catholic, you know, family as ever, not everyone, but like majority of people here, it's slowly shifting right now. But, you know, like when I was born, it was like everyone declared they're Catholics, you know, and in my radar, there was nothing like else, you know, this is what I've seen. I was aware of different religions, but I've never actually knew that there's spirituality outside of religion. And then when I was, I think, 25 or something like that, actually, my friend from my life coach training, she introduced me to you and you were the gateway for me. So that's so funny. So was there like, did you feel like you were seeking something more? Yeah, definitely. I was asking a lot of questions as a child, you know, I was very curious and I was asking like uncomfortable questions and the adults didn't like it that much, you know? Do you remember any of them? Like what were some of the uncomfortable questions? Well, so like in Poland, we have religion class in school actually. So everyone just in goes. In public schools? In, yeah, especially oh. in public schools. Yeah. <laughs> They're fighting that a little bit right now, but you know, it's, it's like, a his, yeah, it's tradition. It's also history with the communism and everything, you know, like religion was like a savior for like my parents' generation. Right. This was their freedom, but now it's it's like a little bit reversed. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. So communism let them continue to practice. They were fighting to be able to, you know. So it was one of their human rights to have, like you know, like right to religion or faith you want. Because in Cuba, it was the opposite. Like all religion was taken away. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same here. And this is like, you know, the first thing that they started to bring, you know? Like, well, I see. That's how, like, guys kind yeah. of... Yeah. And it was like a lot of things, like, happened at the same time because we had the Pope, you know? He was Polish at uh-huh. the same time and he was visiting and, like, talking to the, to the party and stuff like that. So, you know, it was many different layers. It wasn't just tradition or something. It was political as well. You know? um, but at this p- point, it became like there's no difference between church and state in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. In- yeah, and a lot of people, you know, they don't like it that much right now. So. so that felt very limiting. Yeah, I remember especially one question. I think I was talking to some priest and I told him like, you know, I don't feel God anymore. You know, like I don't feel. And he was like, you're not supposed to feel. You're supposed to believe, you know, like stuff like that. And I was like, you're supposed to be in your brain about it, not your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it doesn't sound right for me, you know? So yeah, it was like, it was all the time like that. And I had my time, like church phase, I would call it when I was around 15. I said like to myself, no, I will check all the boxes and I will find my purpose and I will be happy when I do that. And I, you know, I did like, I don't know, all the rituals and stuff they offer and, you know, all, all the lists. but it made me feel empty inside anyways. And I didn't feel this like completion and I was left with this void, you know, I needed spirituality, but I didn't find it in my surroundings. And I was like, no, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know? And I had like a crisis. It was my first awakening as well, I think. Yeah. And you know, like along the way, I, I started to see people like, for example, doing the Oracle cards. This is like my first think ever and I was like can you do that you know because I was taught that it's a sin you know yeah you cannot, it's a big no 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 astrology no like into it it's just like no you, know, you will go to hell or whatever <laughs> and I was like no it doesn't feel that way to me you know I was always like I want to see wh- like what the whole fast is all about and I remember like my friend from the life coaching she, she I think sent me one of your posts and it was just like some inspirational post you know like with your picture on it and I remember like oh she's so normal you know she's just like (laughs) she's a mom you know and she's like meditating and using like spirituality in in regular life and this is what I was craving you know I think this was my like the strongest magnet for me and I started following you and then I was like oh I hope one day she'll do some online course because it's all in Miami (laughs) Yeah, because at the time I was like only doing Miami thing. I know. Yeah. And I was money was being so sick. I didn't know, but you know, <laughs> I was just praying, well, do it online. It can work, you know? Do you think that like you were, because you studied human resources, right? That's basically. That's- yeah. I, so I have bachelor in management and like my master's in international relations. And then I was working in HR for like six years or something, right. you know? Yeah. And then you like life coaching came for life. After that but also because like you were still seeking something. I was seeking all my life, you know, like before we press a record, we were just chatting about career days. And I remember like, for me, the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's like the most, like the the worst question you could ask me, you know, because I never knew. And I was looking for purpose everywhere. I was like doing all the personality tests or the, you know, astrology that I could find everything. And I was like, asking people to tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life, you know, and purpose and career for me was just like the same, Good. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah. I, I had the same experience, Kat. I, I don't know. I think I've shared that with you, but, and funny, Kat and I, our parents are doctors 
at one yeah. and we come from like heavy doctor families. So it's yeah. something funny that we have in common. So I remember I'm two years younger than my older brother and um, in his bedroom growing up, he had this photo of him holding my dad's hand. And my brother was like two or three in the picture. No, he was probably like three years old. And he was wearing like a full set of scrubs that my mom had sewn mm-hmm. for him that she like made him a set of doctor scrubs from my dad's scrubs. It was really cute. And he was wearing like these like little miniature scrubs and holding my dad's hand. And my dad was wearing his scrubs with his, you know, white coat. And that picture was always in his room. And I don't know if like my brother ever questions his job because he, I don't know, I don't think it's something he would do, but he just always knew he was going to be a doctor. And I don't know if it was his in his heart or if it was like projected to him, but like, there was just no question. I mean, since he was a kid, he was like raised to be a doctor. And I think, you know, and the medical field is something that I feel like if your parents are doctors, like it's kind of, it's almost like one of those, you pass it down, you know, Mm -hmm. every child is supposed to ask themselves if they're going to be a doctor. And that was definitely at least the case of my family. So I remember just being kind of, I don't know if jealous is the word, but it like gave me extra anxiety. You know, it was like, oh, this guy knows some, like if he's 10 and he knows what he wants to do and I don't, what's wrong with me? And it's funny because now, and I'm sure you see this too, Kat, like in readings, when people come for purpose, I have learned that, yeah, there is some people have tremendous crossover between their purpose and their career, but that is not the truth for everybody. You know, some Mm -hmm. souls come for, you know, soul purposes, some come for like lineage work, some curve. I mean, there's all sorts of different purposes, but then there are some people that their career and their purpose cross. I feel like you and I are those kind of people. So maybe that's why we were so obsessive over this concept, because I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's. Yeah. That would, that would make a lot of sense actually. You know, like I always felt this like yearning, like I knew that I was like, meant to do something but like from the catalog of like jobs I couldn't see myself in anything you know and I was just like searching constantly you know and every job like even if I liked it it was always like it's not it you know and this like yeah anxiety or like this bug was like you know inside of me all the time so totally trying to to find what that was yeah then um because I feel yeah like I remember we had a reading like we had a reading every year, Nikki. And every uh-huh. year I was asking you the same question, you know, like, what is my life purpose? And what's it's, I, what I'm supposed to do? And it's interesting because as the person like grows, the purpose starts to change too, which is really yeah. fascinating for me too, to see. But so tell us a little bit about kind of where, where you felt like it was getting like a little toxic for you and then how you had to kind of get yourself out of there. Mm-hmm. So I was in my HR job and like, if you can imagine the best nine to five job ever, this was it. You know, I had great money, great people, like, you know, parties. I was in my twenties. So it was like, you know, the best and like all the outside things, you know, were like, again, like checkbox after checkbox. I was married. I love my husband, everything, but I was so unhappy and I didn't know why, you know, and like I was searching online for some different things. I stumbled upon coaching because, you know, it wasn't like that popular back then. And I remember seeing this coach, you know, like I ended up working with her and she was like, I have like 10 figure months or something. And I was so in my ego about it. You know, I'm like very open about it. I was like, 
yeah, I want to do that too. You know, I want to have a lifestyle and just like, you know, make nice money and like have this purpose and do things that help, but I have no idea how to get there, you know? And like, even though the job was like from the outside, really like nice job, very safe, you know, every, everything was like, okay. I just felt I need to go, you know, it was like, the, the sadness, like the, not depression, but like the sadness was so deep that I had to do something to change it, you know? And again, it's like in time, um, sounded like maybe an option. Yeah, maybe it's a thing. And it was the same time, around the same time when I got pregnant with Franek. So, you know, it was like a time of another awakening, I would say, pregnancy and then having a little one. So it all was like, you know, working together. Okay. But it wasn't, coaching wasn't it, you know? No, this because you were so stressed out about coaching, I remember. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, Miki, what's wrong? You know? And, you know, and I think that, um, like you said, there is a lot of ego in this work in the beginning. Yes. I, I mean, and I think it gets all of us, like I, I definitely was in it also in a different way. And um, I think, you know, life coaching and these jobs in many ways, like they, you know, they sell like freedom and- yeah you know, blah, 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 and all these things. And I mean, it's true, but it's also like you can get caught up in it. So you started coaching. You had a few clients. I did. I was running it for like two years or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it felt stressful because like of lack of clients or what did it, what was it? Yeah. Like I think it was two things. So Frank was very like small, you know, he wasn't sleeping at all. I was very tired. And like I wasn't in a good place to run a business. This was like the first thing. And then when I was working with my clients, I really liked it, but I always hit a wall, you know, with them always like, so, you know, like coaching is like in the structure is quite easy. You know, you just look where you are, where you want to be and how to get there, you know, and you use different tools to do it. And, you know, like I've seen their beliefs like that, that are blocking them, but I had, you know, not that much power or tools to fix them or like twist them or whatever, you know, like flip them. So it was this wall. And I've seen these people like the potential that they can reach, but I couldn't bring them there almost, you know? Do you have any, why you couldn't bring them there? I don't know. You know, it's, I feel like maybe if, if there were like more spiritual component to the, like looking at why the things are showing up back then, it would be much easier. But I was only in my, like in my logical brain about it. You know, I didn't go to the, like we tackled emotions and stuff, but it's like almost on a different level, you know? Yeah, yeah because, so, because coaching is like, I always say like we're made of like mind, body and soul. Yes. So yes. coaching is all about the mind, which is definitely, I entered this world through the mind too. Like I remember learning like Louise Hay's work yeah, um, and be like, what? Like I've been, you know, I remember kind of looking at my beliefs from like childhood and like what yeah. I thought and I, I was like so groundbreaking to me. But at some point, if you only stay there, you're so limited because you can't address the body or the soul. So it's nice to like kind of bring in those those three things. At least for me, like I don't coach anymore, but when I did, you know, sometimes it was like, I just, this guy just, this person just needs a freaking like being released. Like we just got to release all this shit in this person's energetic body. <laughs> you know, it's like, I need yeah. exorcism here. So um, <laughs> Like, I'm not going to talk to you about changing your thoughts. Like you have 
stuff on yeah. you. So let's like release it. I bet that if you were doing coaching now, it'd probably be super Yeah, different. it would be different. I, you, I bet. Yeah. But you also mentioned something about the season in your life, you know, like yes. being, and I remember, I, I talk about this sometimes, like I remember knowing that I wanted to do this work probably like a year before I had Oliver, who's my firstborn. You guys know I have Ali, but I adopted her when she was four. So the, like at that entry point, I thought like, oh my gosh, like I have to be powerful and, you know, business and all these things. But it wasn't like, I had to actually raise my family for a long time. Like my Mm -hmm. first season, like after marrying my husband was all about like creating my foundations, my roots, all those things. It really wasn't about work or money or even helping people. It's like my mom was a total pain in the ass to me growing up. But one of the things she always told me, and it really like, I believed it was like, she's like always like charity starts at home. Like she would always be like, you have to start at home. Like your home needs to look good. And, and you need to like your, your little unit has to be stable before you can, you know, go out into the world. And she was doing that in a, making me feel guilty. Cause I was always in, in high school. I was like always um doing charity work. And she always felt like I was like out in the world, like oh, yeah. everybody, but at home, I was an asshole. She would say, you know, um, <laughs> so I would, my poor mom, but anyway, um, <laughs> but that to me, like still resonates. So like, I think that that's an important I think that's a tricky thing about like people who know that they have these purposes, but also that we're not like in tuned with the seasons of mm-hmm. our lives. Like we don't always know that just because we have a purpose doesn't mean that that purpose is supposed to show up like right away and that it's supposed to be successful right away or, you know, all this yeah. stuff. Like really you have seasons and sometimes you're in a 10 year season. I just completed a season. That's why like we were talking about my hair. Like I let my hair grow long because after Oliver was born, I cut it short mm-hmm. and I've completed a season. Like I've done eight years of like kind of this place that I was in this very much like a building type of place. And I could feel that that season was over and that it actually like manifested yeah. in my hair. I was like, okay, it's time to let my hair grow long. But it's it's important to kind of be mindful of those seasons. And I think that you know, you, you at some point realized that like, I'm in a season and it's about that right now. It was a hard lesson to learn because I was still in my head and I didn't want to accept that, you know, that it's time to slow down and like really focus on motherhood and like on me after becoming a mom, you know, I was like, I remember we came home from the hospital and then I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I will coach people. And I was like, now when I look back, like I was crazy, you know, (laughs) it's still hormones. I wrote a book. I wrote a book when like Oliver was like four months old, like what the fuck? And it was yeah. a book, guys. It doesn't even exist anymore. It was so bad because I was like- oh, really? I didn't know about this yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, I was like really trying to hold on to like my yeah. independence and my former self and yes. didn't want to accept the season that I was moving into. Yeah, yeah. I really had, uh, as you said, I really had to accept where I'm at to move forward because like before I was just struggling and I, it was stressful and painful and not needed in, in the end, you know, but I needed that to be able to say it. So right, grateful for that, but I don't want to repeat that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So what do you think you are in life now? Hmm. A bit of a waiting, I think, you mm-hmm. know, I, I know we talked about it, but I feel like uh, I am on my, I'm living my purpose, you know, I don't have like that much clarity of the 
like end goal, but I'm okay with that. And this is like the most beautiful lesson for me personally, you know, because I was always so fixated on finding this one thing that I want to do that it blurred everything for me. And right now I'm just taking it like step by step. And I feel like I viscerally feel that is the, like I'm in the right place for now. And I'm learning that all that I'm supposed to learn. And then I will go to the next period, you know? Right. So there's a lot of kind of unknown in front of you, it feels yes. like. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing about purpose too, is that like we think that purpose should be able to show us a path. Like we think like, oh, if I found my purpose, then I should be able to like clearly see a path mm-hmm. in front of me. Um, and that is like not the case at all. Like purpose no. is about, it doesn't even have words. It's kind of like a feeling and then you're in it. And then one day, if you're lucky, it'll show somewhat of a path. Like I feel like I just, I'm kind of, kind of getting like these glitches of my path right now, like almost like for the first time. And, you know, and I've been doing this work for more than 10 years. Like now I'm starting to see like, like a long, a little bit of a, like a a Mm long-term I never was able to see that. I was just like kind of living present every day and just kind of trying to be in the, in the purpose. I love that. Okay. So now we have different tools. So now we have a cold tool that we learn in wellness soul programs and soul culture. We learn how to go into the Akashic records and there's a book of purpose for every soul and you can look through that. So first I want to ask you, Kat, as a like recovering purpose junkie, (laughs) what, when, when, when you taught when, when I taught that, or like when you discovered that there was this thing in the Akashic records, how did you react? Like, did you, did you like, I want to go, you know, I want to jump in, (laughs) but it's, it's so funny with my guides. Like sometimes I told you, sometimes they block me because for me, like personally as a recovering, you know, purpose junkie, I can't see too much because then it's like, it's screwing with me. You know, I just like, I know this is for my, like for my greatest good to be shown only like chunks that I can process. Because even when I look back, you know, like if I knew three years ago where I will be now, like I would like to like manipulate that or like, you know, make it faster or something. And it's just like unfolded naturally. And it was the best way, you know? So I've learned a lot of trust of that but of course I was so curious I wanted to go to the book and see and feel and you know like flip the pages <laughs> it was funny the other day I was reading somebody who had already graduated from soul teacher and not from your class from another class and um when I went into her Akashic records and I went into her book of purpose because I wanted to read it myself there was like all these little fingerprints on the book of purpose. And I go to the, I'm like, I'm reading, and I go to, I go to her. I'm like, let's call her, you know, Christina. I was like, Christina, I see all your classmates have been reading your book of purpose. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, everybody's fingerprints are all over your book of purpose. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. Um, and I, you know, and I, it kind of reminds me that, um, you know, when we're in that seeking place, we seek and we can get obsessive. And it can get real confusing, you know, like at some point we have to know when to stop asking for outside guidance because then it can really get you dizzy almost in a way. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you ever got there like with your purpose? Yeah. 
Yeah, like many times, you know, like, as I told you, I've been asking you, I've been asking other people I work with to tell me what is my purpose, you know, like, it's just, I don't know, like, it's, it's stronger than me. And then I just had to stop and just not do it, you know, and I remember uh, in Soul Teacher, I volunteered to be one of the like test clients, you know, for the students. My guinea pigs, my mom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was watching the recording and I was like, no, it's too much for me. I shouldn't be doing that. You know, I just have to live my purpose for now and see and ground. And like, really, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm in this, like building stamina or something space right now in my life, just like learning new things, but not being so obsessive. So right. I try not to go to my book of purpose, you know, just like mm-hmm. leave it like, like that, you know? Yeah. Be okay with like what you know. What does yeah. living your purpose mean to you? You've said it so, a few. Mm-hmm. For me personally, it's like a it's like a feeling I have, you know. Like, for example, I do the work, I, I do the readings, I work with you, and I just feel calm, and I feel like okay, I'm excited, but not like too much, you know. It's just like the right balance of different things, and most of all, it's just this calmness and peacefulness of like I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know, the purpose in a way is like that feeling of like, I am where I'm supposed to be. I may not know where I'm going, what it all means, but I'm being present and knowing that like for right now, this is like where I'm meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think purpose is like the seeking of like our path. I really think purpose is like, for me is like the seeking of like that soul's contract. Like, what did Mm -hmm. I sign up for? Like, why am I here? You know, career is like one of the human things that, that may seem as like that our brain kind of understands. So I think that that's why so many of us like kind of miss, like kind of to career and it's, you know, career is something that we spend so many hours on a day doing, but I think it's just that seeking of that path, you know, like seeking of like that yellow brick road, what is like my path. And sometimes we can get crazy at looking at like where the path leads to and where it Mm -hmm. ends. But what's most important, what sounds like you're saying is that like, we're just, we're just taking step by step. And as long as we know that like for now, this is what feels right. Like that's what's most important. And then I guess you have some like faith that it will show, like you'll know more later. Yeah. 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 When you're ready, I would say as well, you know, and I don't know how it shows up for you and you read people, but like recently in the readings for me, they were like the purpose, they were showing like how this person will feel like not only the peacefulness, but also, you know, like to give them clues, you know, if someone is not living their purpose, where to look for clues that you are, you know, actually doing some things that help you live your purpose. So they were showing me some imagery or something, you know, like really specific to this person, you know, to, so they can like get some clues how to go there. Right. Because sometimes like the best clues are like the feeling, like this is what it's going to feel like rather than, you know, giving specifics. So it seems like, so any kind of interesting readings that you've had lately about purpose or anything that you've learned about reading when you read other people, anything you've learned about purpose in general? Yeah. I think for me, like the biggest thing was that I was not shown like specific careers, you know, and like, I think like three readings I did last time, you know, 
they were just showing me, okay, for this person, it's just like being in an empty space and just like being curious about the world. But for this, like the person that I was reading for, it was so meaningful for them, like the specific course that I've used. They were like, yes, this is what I want to do, like with this project, you know? So they were like automatically matching that like vision that I got with the thing that they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yes. That's the best. Like yeah. when you have, um, cause you know, when you come for a reading and you're like, you know, ready for it or whatever. And sometimes you just need the validation, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. the things that we want to do, the paths that we want to walk, like our inner hearts and we haven't really like shared them completely, or we think, you know, maybe I'm crazy for thinking this thing or seeing this thing. And then you go and you have a reading and you're validated by this like complete stranger and yeah. you know, this stranger has this like vision, sees it, and then it matches with what you saw for yourself. That's always the best. The worst, the vision is totally different than what, (laughs) than what you thought you were coming for, which does happen too. But yeah, yeah. But sometimes you can like find the meaning, you know? So the recent reading that I did, the lady was asking where to move, you know, this is like quite common. Yes. And like I think ever since COVID, yeah. moving, yeah, it, that's why in Soul Teacher we teach some tips and tricks on like how to kind of help somebody with moves because it's so common these days. Yeah, very much. And you know, like I got some like locations for her, you know, to share with her. And like for me, I've seen she's moving to some place that's like winter and it's very cold and it's not common because usually people want to hear like I will move to Austin, Texas, or like California. You know, if you're a millennial, that's where you want to go. And I was like, I'm sorry, but this will be, you know, this will be like cold winter and like a blizzard or something. And I've it's seen, Alaska. yeah, no, like for, for her, it was like either like New York or Chicago or something. And she was like, you know, the cities don't like hit that much, but maybe it's about like, you know, just wintry weather and the type of city like Chicago or like New York. And with that, she was actually considering some, you know, other location that has both of components. So it's also like, I really like it when with clients, we can figure it out together a little bit. Yeah. It's a consideration. Definitely. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about readings is that there's a lot of like, you're basically in a zone with the person, the other person. I feel like there's a lot of telepathy that goes on that, you know, you're, you're kind of understanding things, but as that downloads coming through, like the client is also seeing the downloads like happen. Mm-hmm. Like when you get really in tune to that, like, I don't know if you've done a read, if you've been, if you've had a reading done to you, Kat, like I'm the worst to have readings on because like, if you're reading me, like I can see the downloads coming through to you yeah, and I can see you processing the information, but some people, they don't know that they can do it, but they're already doing it. So they're receiving a lot at the same time. And then yeah, it's like a collaboration. It's like almost like a game of like, guess who, or like charade yeah. in a way that yeah, yeah. you are trying to understand the message, which is really nice because I think that, you know, sometimes people who are trying to work on their intuition and want to do readings, like they think that like, they're supposed to have all the answers, but I believe that the other person needs to have the experience. So mm-hmm. if part of the experience is them really feeling and being like, yes, like this is the message. And that's very empowering to them. Like that's what their spirit need to like needed to leave the reading with because that's like what empowered them. And that's what makes them what, that's what makes it feel true to them. So, yeah. um, and also helps them trust their intuition more, yeah. you know, it's just like, 
Yeah. And with like doing the downloads together, I remember specifically, I did one reading with you and it was the first time you took me to the Akashic Records as a client. I haven't learned about it yet. And I remember we went, you know, like to the, to the city and everything. And you told me, oh, God, don't look around. Like, you know, and I was in my meditation looking around. And I was like, I know. oh, my God, this shit is real, you know. <laughs> I was like, How did you um, know that, you know? Because <laughs> I can see you guys when you're in there. And so yeah. <laughs> it was like, after that, I was like, this is very, very, very real, you know? Yeah. It, it and that like, you. like that validates your, your belief. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's why like giving the experience and being collaborative in the reading is so important. I think you do such a good job of that for people. And I think because of your experience, like you, I like whenever anybody comes for a reading for purpose, I'm like, you have to go to cat because you've had like your wound, you know, like with purpose. It is. So yeah. the good thing about you is that you're not trying to like cross over on anybody's like free will. You're yeah. still open to receiving like whatever their purpose may be. And sometimes you know, the purpose is as simple as like, uh, you know, it could be just being a good mother or, you know, cleaning out your lineage stuff or, you know, mm -hmm. simple or being a leader, whatever it may be. It doesn't mean that it's like everybody is supposed to be some, I don't know. Some. No. And it's okay. You know, and it's like people crave it too. Like this validation. Like I remember I had one client who just wanted to have like a second baby and like plant a lot of plants in her garden and just live a happy life. And that was it because she had really traumatic childhood, you know, and she just wanted to have like a simple, happy life. This was like the purpose. And this is what's shown in the Akashic Records too. And Beautiful. I love these, like, you know, I, I really love these kinds of, you know, images because it doesn't have to be like career for like everyone. It can be, but it's not the only option. Yeah. yeah you have a lot of creative freedom. There's very few people in the Akashic Records that like their career and their purpose have to like that the soul has decided you know what I'm going to mix this into my mm -hmm. the way that I make money it's very very rare actually yeah you know it's funny Benny my husband obviously being a man I feel like they have if we have pressure they I think they have like even more innate pressure because I think as a woman there's a little bit of you that kind of is encouraged to know that like listen if you don't want to work and you want to you know, be a wife and like have kids, like that's a possibility for you. Like, you know, we have a little bit of an out where men like really don't have that out. I think that that's changing because <laughs> funny enough, Oliver, our middle son, like when you ask him what he wants to do for work first, like before it was always like, I just want to be a dad. That was like always his answer. Wow. Was, like, so funny. And then now it's moved into like YouTube star. <laughs> so it's a little bit, but I thought it was like so interesting that he even thought that that maybe could be a thing. Yeah. Um, but anyways, for men, like I remember reading Benny's Akashic records. He didn't unsolicited. He didn't ask me to. But <laughs> I did that too with my guys. So, you know, it just comes to me. Like I didn't, I didn't mean to, I didn't like purposely, it just kind of showed itself to me. Yeah. And I shared the, and you know, and he's not in this world. So, and he's not, I don't, I mean, I don't know if he, and he's definitely had like some weird things about his career and he's done a few things and all that. And, um, you know, he, I remember once being like, you're, you're meant to like, your soul came here to clean your lineage. Like that's what you're here for. And I kind of, you know, kind of left it at that. We didn't talk about it. And then like a few weeks later, he was like, I don't know who he was like telling the story about when he was with his friends. And he said like, Oh no, because you know, like you said, you taught me that Nikki, that like, I'm here to clean out my like lineage that gave him so much like 
validation and purpose. Like it like relieved so much pressure in in a weird way because he's still going to want to work. You know, he still Mm -hmm. obviously wants to make money and all those things, but it doesn't need to feel like he feels like he has freedom, creative freedom as to like what he chooses. That if he chooses that he wants to like work at a store, that he's not like throwing his life away, you know, that Mm -hmm. if he decides that he wants to, I don't know, like grow plants or something that it doesn't have to be this super meaningful thing in his heart that he can just be like, I like plants and I want to sell them, you know, that he knows that his soul's purpose is attached to something much bigger and that that is done through other things that's through, that's done through raising his kids. That's done through being the kind of human he wants to be by being the kind of husband he, you know, wants to be all those things. So it's like, it gave him a lot of freedom. And mm-hmm. I thought that was like just a little yeah. gift that you can give somebody when they're seeking. Yeah. This is how I feel too. You know, like after all this turmoil with, with life purpose that now I have freedom to choose. Right. Unlike me some days I'm like, could have been a nurse, man. Been a nurse. <laughs> no, Nikki, you could have. You know you could have. I know. <laughs> Every year, you guys, you should see, I like the beginning of the year, I like, I do an astrology read, a chart reading usually. And it's like another year of like climbing. And I'm like, what the? And I always come complaining to Kat and I'm like, or to the team. And I'm like, you guys, like, I'm really like, I don't know what I signed up for this lifetime, but every, I have a beautiful life. Like I just handle a lot. And and whenever I complain about what I handle, Kat's like, I don't think you'd like it any other way, Nikki. So let's not pretend. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> true. You want to be a bored person. <laughs> like, let's let's be honest about who you are. I feel like you're doing three lifetimes in the one, you know? And just like <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm like, let's see what I can do. <laughs> and I know I always laugh at my my soul. So Kat, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you for everything you do. I, I love you so much. And I'm just so grateful to have you. I mean, in so many different ways as a friend, as like a, as a right hand, as a partner in my, in my business. And then also in a partner in doing this work, because like, I want to be able to read everybody in the world if I could, you know, and I can't. And the fact that I know that you're like an extension of whatever's been taught to me and now like is working through you is the, is like the biggest just gives me peace. I'm able to like close my eyes because that's what the soul mentors are. And even the soul teacher graduates to know that, like that, that work keeps on and that together we're all like getting through as many people as we can and, and waking up and as many people and healing and supporting all these souls that like all of us who have felt lost and are seeking and, um, you're doing such a good job. So thank you. Thank you. Nikki. That's so nice. And thank you for, you know, I'm just like so appreciative of everything, you know, our work and the things I learned from you. It, you know, I've never expected to be in this work, to be honest, you yeah. know, and I feel like, Talk like about a lot that. of, what is it about now? How is it like saying, doing what you're doing and being in Poland? <laughs> I work with international people mostly, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> because of that. No, like I have like few friends that are into this work, but it's tricky. No. So, well, maybe, you know, the way that sometimes Europe is behind on music, maybe you guys are just <laughs> behind on spirituality. Maybe it's going to happen, Kat. You know, maybe it's happening. Uh, I think like so. Like, I, I've been reading this uh, new book by Rebecca Campbell. This, um, yeah. Darcy. This yeah. Reading it too. Oh, I didn't know you were reading it. We had to talk about it. 
Oh, I want yeah. her on the show. I want to talk to her on the show. You so should. Like, put it the out first, there. you know, the first thing she's like taking you to the book of purpose, you know, I don't know if you got to this part. And I was like, wow, this is fast. Like, first of all. <laughs> But then she said something like, yeah, like you may feel like you've been planted in this like location randomly. And I'm like, yes, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah. You know, like, what am I doing here sometimes? No, like, it's, it's a beautiful country, you know, and we live by the sea and the food is great and the people are nice. But I just like feel like, you know, a bit of like, I don't know. Like your passport was sent to the wrong place. You were like, hey. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> I was supposed to be in California with all, <laughs> with all the hippies and millennials, you know. Kat, um, before the before we started recording, Cat was um, I was like trying to, I was like, no, I'm going to try to pronounce your name right. I'm going to try to do it, um, yeah. you know. And then I was like, man, it's amazing that you can speak English so well because her language is is very different. Mm. Like even the sounds are so different. Yeah. And, and what did you tell me, Cat, about that? <laughs> that my soul's language is English, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I believe that because, you know, like, okay, so we learn English at school, but it was always so easy for me to learn it. And I've been having dreams in English. It's just like I journal in English. Yeah. It's crazy, you it's know? Crazy. So, because I'm bilingual, yeah. I speak Spanish. I'm completely bilingual, yeah. but I'm not, um, I feel like you do such a good job of expressing like your emotions. Like, I feel like I, I don't know, like there's a level of like emotional expression that I don't have in Spanish. I'm very deep, so I guess I need a lot of words. But like in Spanish, I don't have all the words. And yeah. like you do for English. It's, it's the same with Polish, you know, like sometimes, like when when I was doing therapy, I couldn't express how I feel and I was throwing English words. Oh, you know? funny. <laughs> and she said, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, this is just like, it's easier, you know? Well, well, you know that, so I have, I don't know where I heard this before, but supposedly some kids are born like sometimes with like accents or something because they're oh. still coming like from the same, like wherever they were in their past lives. Like they're still kind of using the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. times. So Oliver, our middle child, I named Oliver, Oliver, like Oliver was a name that I always loved. He was my first son. So it was like my yeah. one and only boy name basically was Oliver. I, when I was like in my early twenties and I lived in LA, I went to this party and Oliver Hudson was there, Kate Hudson's brother. And I was like, Oh, like, I remember just somebody being like, Oh, that's Oliver Hudson. And you know, a Miami girl, like Oliver is not part of like the, you know, we have like uh, yeah. Alex, Jesus, Jorge, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up around Roberto, whatever. So when I was like, Oliver, I was like, Oh, that's such a, that's like, just sounded good to me. It was like such a beautiful name. So I kind of kept it in my pocket and then fast forward to like, you know, being probably like I had already met Benny and I was in Mexico with my girlfriend and our bartender, his name is Oliver. So I learned oh. about you know, Oliver in Spanish too. And I was like, man, this, this is the name. This is going to be like, if I have a son, I'm going to name him Oliver. So whatever. Oliver comes, I name him Oliver. Oliver is an, is an English name. It's a British mm -hmm. name. And Oliver is born with a British accent. Like for no way, yeah, yeah, like forever. I had to, I had to send him to like speech therapy. Everybody would be like, "Why does this kid have a British accent?" And I was like, "I don't know, Peppa Pig, like too much Peppa Pig." Yeah, like I have, no, I have no idea why this kid. You know, not everything, but there was a lot of words that he would yeah. say with a British accent, and I was like. This guy's that's definitely, wild. Yeah, I'm like he gave me his name, Oliver. I'm sure at some point his soul was like, "Hey, 
named me Oliver, or I don't know, maybe we had a past life together and he was British. I'm not sure. But the point is that this guy was definitely British and he, I had to pay a lot of money to erase his British accent. (laughs) That's insane. Oh, I love it. So yeah. I would have had it if you're just you're no. American many lifetimes, Kat. And they dropped yeah. the open and you were like, what the? <laughs> yeah, I know. And so funny because Frannick's name also revealed to me. I was seeing it everywhere. Yeah, yeah Ethan too. I didn't, I didn't have another boy name. And yeah. Ethan's name was on a wall at like wow. a door that I went to. And I was like, it's Ethan. Like, and actually Ethan means wise. Um, it's, it's an old soul name. It's, it's yeah. wise and strong which is even. wow and for Frank, like Franciszek the full name means like a free man it's oh. like independent you still oh, know my have so. yeah that's yeah. Frannick yeah How beautiful so. all right Kat well we can do this forever right we know that I know okay. well, I love you much thanks for being on the show everybody Thank you for having me if you want to book a reading with Kat you just have to go to nikinovo.com and you go to clarity sessions, readings, basically. You just book on, you click on readings and she's all the way there. If you just scroll, scroll down to the bottom, Kat, K-A-T. She doesn't make us, you know, say her full name. No. Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really enjoy the reading with her. So. Oh, thank Kat. you so much. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, everyone. That was such a nice episode with Kat. I love her. And if any of you listening are... And any of the soul programs, I'm sure you love her too, because she's like our mama bear. So we're going to talk more about purpose. I want to share with you what I know about purpose, what I have learned about purpose from my own studies, from reading so many people, and just kind of through my own journey as well. So hope that if that is something that's like a little sore thumb in your life, I'm hoping that this episode will bring you some peace. So like I mentioned in my session, well, not my session, excuse me, my recording with Kat, I was always seeking purpose. Like that was definitely the story of my life as like, as early as I could remember, I was wondering like what I was going to be when I grew up. And that came from a few things. One, that story I shared about my older brother, like really just, you know, comparing myself to him and, you know, knowing that I mean, I couldn't be a doctor because I was like, (laughs) I was bad at science. I had no interest in science. I had no interest in math, all the things that I feel like you kind of need to get into that world. I also didn't feel like a good student compared to my two brothers also. So that was hard, which is so funny. It's so funny how your feelings can be one thing, even though the outside can be something. Like I went to college on a full scholarship, but somehow I thought I was a bad student. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know where that came from. But um, yeah, you know, it was hard. It was hard. And I grew up with two parents who are, you know, immigrants and we were raised, immigrant children are typically raised to like study because that's how we move ahead in the US. Like if you have education, which is really a true story for my father, right? My my father came here with just his mother, no father, like they had nothing. And he studied his way to having a good life in the US. He became a doctor and that was able to give him and his family a good life. So it is something that is taught to us as immigrant children in, in a really, you know, very, you know, big way to study and to like kind of move ahead and to take one of those like safe 
careers, you know, the, the doctor, the attorney, the accountant, not that those are safe because it's so funny. Those jobs are all pretty entrepreneurial, which is funny, but that's kind of what, you know, I was taught and I didn't feel like I could fit any of those. And I didn't know what, what my path was going to be at a young age, like around um, college, I took a bunch of internships and I realized that I loved the entertainment industry. I loved the film industry, all that. So that's how I started off in my career. And I studied public relations and um, I worked in, you know, media for a while. And I moved to LA and I worked in the film industry and that felt good, you know, but it, it, wasn't, it didn't feel like the thing. I was constantly jumping from like gig to gig, from like job to job, which didn't make me feel good about myself either. But then ultimately I stumbled upon writing and I really felt at home with writing. I really felt like, oh my gosh, like this is a place for me. So I moved back to Miami. I became an editor and I learned so much those first few years, you know, I was writing about like, you know, fashion, beauty, all that kind of stuff, which I didn't have a interest in, which is so funny because like I loved entertainment and in, um, I loved being in that world but I was super not into like celebrities or even movies. Like I didn't know much about it. Like I wasn't like a, I just loved the communication part of it. You know, I loved the fact that people were like expressing themselves and writing things and creating things. That's what I loved about that industry. But one of my jobs at the film studio was I had to like every Thursday, I had to go to the newsstands in LA and get all the like, what do they call those magazines? Um, you know, like the Us Weeklies and the People magazines or whatever. And I had to see like if any of our, actors from the movies that we were promoting, if any of them were coming out. And like, that was my job. And for so many people, that would be like a dream job to just kind of like stalk celebrities. And I hated it. So I loved the part about creating, but I didn't love like the topics. Same thing with the writing. Like I wasn't like a fashion, like a fashionista. I didn't like care for brands or anything like that, but that's what was available to me. Like those were the things that were being asked of me to write. And I learned to write about those things. And I learned to write through, through writing about those topics. So it was great. But at some point I kind of hit this, you know, this place where I was like, this is not enough. Like this doesn't feed me enough. And that's when I was like having that spiritual awakening that you guys have heard me talk about a bit. And that's how I stumbled upon blogging. And I wanted to write, I didn't want to be a fashion blogger, like all my other friends. I, I wanted to be a self-help blogger. I didn't know if that was a thing, but that's what I wanted to do. So um, that's what I wrote about. And that's kind of you know, how I found my way here, but it was like such a, I just felt like so shameful about not knowing what I was meant to do. And, um, God, if I would have just like known earlier that, you know, you just take it one step at a time and just kind of enjoy whatever is showing up for you at that moment. And that that's the most important thing. At some point when I found this self-help blogging or whatever, I kind of knew, okay, like I'm going to stay here. And it, this has been the longest job I've had since. <laughs> so, cause I was like always jumping from job to job. Um, and this has definitely been my longest job. My boss is really nice. So, you know, my current boss is pretty cool. So that's why I think it's easy for me to stay here. <laughs> so, but at some point I also realized that a purpose is not necessarily associated with a career. And I feel that there was a time in our culture that like purpose was career and that has changed. I feel like people are understanding that purpose is separate from career lately. But when I was in my twenties, that was not the case. So, but I want to talk a little bit about what purpose really is. And I think what, you know, what we seek when we're talking about purpose based off like 
what I have studied and also what I see in people's Akashic records. So purpose is this idea that the soul has come to this lifetime for a purpose, for a reason, like the soul, that there was an intention that the soul wasn't like, oh, I'm just going on vacation to earth, not such a vacation <laughs> that there was actually, you know, we, we have this, there's this feeling in our heart. That's like, maybe there was a reason why I decided to come here, even though there's like all this pain and suffering and joy and all this craziness as a human, there must be like, I don't think that this is just because I think there's something I'm supposed to do here. Because the funny thing is that, you know, our souls come with a soul's contract. If you guys don't know about soul's contract, I highly recommend the book, um, Sacred Contracts. It's a great um, place to start when it comes to soul's contracts. But, you know, the soul's like, okay, I'm going to come into this lifetime. I'm going to do this thing you know, where I, you know, accomplish these things, whatever. I have some sort of plan, some sort of blueprint for what I'm going to accomplish. And we come to this lifetime and then we forget everything, which I feel like is like a mean joke because half of our life or like most of our life, you know, we have to kind of, we're like seeking this thing that we have forgotten, you know? And that's when people start to ask like, am I on the right path? I feel like is usually the first question that starts to happen. Like what's my purpose? All that. That's really the seeking of the contract that truly is like the remembering that we came here with a purpose. So that to me, those questions, those bigger questions, and some of us are asking those questions real young, you know, and then some of us maybe start asking it around the time of seeking a career because, you know, it's, career is kind of in human terms, it's like our understanding of like what I'm going to do with this life. Right. So I think that that's why these questions start showing up around then, but it doesn't matter when you ask the question, what you're asking is, what did I sign up for again? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure I signed something, but I don't remember what it is. And that's really us seeking the soul's contract. So there's a process of remembering that contract. And it's frustrating because it's like, you know, God's not going to come and whisper in our ear or, you know, unless we have this like a vision, even though we might have these visions of what our purpose is, like it's so hard to believe because we're so living a human experience that it's hard to believe any sort of message that has to do with our purpose. So it's torturous at times, at times, but there are ways to find your purpose. And one of those ways is obviously through seeking. You heard a little bit of a story about Kat but then there's also in the Akashic records, which is just an energetic realm where all the information of your soul exists, plus everything else that has been recorded since the beginning of time is in there. No big deal. Um, you can do, you can, you know, go to the Akashic records in meditation. We teach the beginning of Akashic records in soul leader, which is our level two program. And once you get into your Akashic records you've and you've already learned to read the records, which is a bit of a process, everybody has a book of purpose. And this is something I stumbled upon when doing readings because I had so many people ask about purpose. And I was like, well, if there's everything in the Akashic records, there has to be like a manual. Like everybody has to have some sort of manual that comes with them for this lifetime. And I sought it out and I, through my meditations, found it. I was like, okay, everybody has you know, this little book of purpose and I learned to read it. And um, that's what I've been teaching also in Soul Teacher so that more people can do it. So once you go into that, you know, you're going to find information about the soul's, about your soul's purpose, or if you want to read somebody else's purpose. What I found interesting, interesting is that like Kat said, 
what is shown to us in the book is like what we're ready to know. Because I'll read people, let's say I have some some clients that'll come like once a year, their purpose changes in a way. And then it's not that it, it's it's not that it's different. It's just like almost there's like a depth to it every time I see it every year, because it's like as the person has expanded and as the person has you know, released and, you know, kind of broken down that ego, they're able to see more of their purpose. Because like Kat said um, in our interview with that, if like, you know, if let's say when I was seeking purpose at, you know, my early twenties, like 20 years old, and I, somebody would have told me like, oh, you're going to be this spiritual mentor and you're going to teach people all about intuition. That would have really freaking scared me. And that would have like really freaking confused me. So I wasn't ready for that information. So as much as we think we're ready for the full information, we're really not. And, you know, we have to trust some of the mystery that comes, but you can start somewhere like either yourself or somebody can read the book of purpose for you. And uh, you can at least start with that information and be okay with the information that comes from that time. Like that's what you're ready to see. So, and, you know, total plug, if you, all our soul mentors do that. So you can definitely book a session with them and ask them for that. So I want to talk about the three types of purposes that I have found from like reading people over and over again, there seems to be this theme. Um, so there's typically three different types. People come with like three different purposes. So there's one, the first one is the soul's evolution purpose is what I call it. And what I mean by that is that the soul comes and the soul's like, all right, like, you know, it's all about evolving. The soul is constantly trying to evolve back into being one with source. We are all one with source, but like the soul has basically broken off and, and, you know, it's trying to go up these levels, right? So like those seven levels that we teach in soul seeker, like, you know, which you, maybe you've been hearing people say like, oh, you know, we're going from 3d to 5d, which is not true guys. We're going from 3d to 4d. (laughs) We cannot skip over 4d. And, um, that's basically, they're also like associated with the chakras, right? So we're going from the solar plexus to the heart chakra. And the soul is constantly trying to move up these levels. And earth is currently moving from 3d to 4d right now. So we're moving into heart. So souls that are trying to kind of get into that, those levels come into earth to evolve. So we come with these like things that we're trying to evolve within us, these understandings we're trying to have. And this can be like, you know, very kind of random, you know, like a soul can come and be like, oh, I'm trying to learn, you know, forgiveness or last lifetime I had these powers and I used them for dark and now I'm trying to use them for light. So they're just trying to, there's something, the soul comes to have these like new understandings basically to then move up in the next level. And to, you know, sometimes it's like karmic relationships or trying to clean up some karmic relations, all all this stuff, but that will fall under the soul's evolution. So it's kind of like for me, you know, like for my individual soul, like I have come to do work for my individual soul. So, so that my soul can evolve. So that's the first category. The second category is what I like to call the collective evolution purpose, which is basically the soul has come to support the collective and listen, the first one, which is the soul's evolution. I mean, you know, when we're cleaning out our own stuff, we are obviously, you know, helping the whole collective because we are all one. But the second one is like, I specifically come, and this is sometimes souls that are older souls and that are even like beyond the evolution of what's currently happening. Like they might be like a five and they're coming down for a four, let's say to support 
the evolution. So these are souls that are coming for different reasons. Some of them like come as like those lineage workers, you know, souls that come and they're like, oh man, there's this lineage that's real fucked up, you know, (laughs) this, you know, women keep acting this way in this lineage or men keep acting this way in this lineage. I'm going to come and be born of these people in this family and I'm going to clean my lineage. So I'm going to, so those are those of us who are doing like really deep, like root work, you know, that we're cleaning out family trauma, that we're, you know, birthing new children and raising them completely different ways. And like we were raised, all that kind of stuff that may seem like a, you know, like a personal evolution thing, but it's actually a collective evolution because um, if you think about it, like how do we make the world a better place? We, we produce better humans, you know, more heart centered, more healed, more aware humans. Um, we, you know, even if these souls come in and they're like, you know, if I've born, if I give birth to these children and they're super evolved, let's say they're very um, old, wise souls, I can still mess them up. You know, like I, as a parent can create an environment that does not, that creates lots of trauma for them. So, you know, like it doesn't really, doesn't work that right. Like the soul has to be able to, you know, to, to like live in these environments where they can be like their pure selves. So that's lineage work is one example. And I think that's super important work. I see lineage work a lot in people and I, and I, it's beautiful work. There's also, so under that category of collective evolution, I see a few things. I see um, representation, which I think is really cool. It's like these souls that are meant to be like super uniquely them. So that, and in environments that they seem very different, like a very um, kind of like, I mean, similar to what, what Kat was saying, like Kat's in this place where she's, you know, black sheep, you know, she's in this environment where everybody's kind of one way and and she's different. And that is very important. Um, and that's what we would call like representation. So it's like these people that are in these, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a guy who comes from a super traditional masculine world and he is queer, you know, um, or whatever, like that is representation. It's like important. It's like almost like diversity within the collective and that um, supports the collective to grow just to kind of see different types of humans. So that's one thing I see a lot. Then of course we see our healers. So people that have been healing for many lifetimes and come again, this lifetime to support healing. Like they're just going one by one by one by one. So that's where we see like our coaches and our nurses and our teachers and our, like there's just healers are everywhere. They're not necessarily doing work. Let's say like me, like they're in all sorts of places, but you know, they're, they're mothers or fathers they're they're everywhere. So they're supporting healing. I see my heart expanders. And I think that that is like, I mean, that can be done in so many ways. Like for instance, like you have a sibling who has Down syndrome, but is like the most expansive, you know, heart expander. Um, even like animals are heart, some animals, like you have these dogs that really just open up your heart. So it's like a different type of healer, but they are not necessarily like working on you, but they, by being around them, they are heart expanders. So these are like, even sometimes like artistic children or something like they're just, um, they're, they're in many different forms. And then there's the, what I call like the new structures. <laughs> um, so those are like my crystal, ch- like the crisp, the rainbow children, the crystal children, you know, a lot of my daughter's generation right now, like, you know, the millennials were part of that as a collective, but there's a lot of these people that are coming in to make new structures 
for earth. So, and that's part of like the collective evolution. So there's a lot of different little um, types that fall under the category of collective evolution, but they're, you know, really cool to see. Now, the, and then the third category I would call is the dual purpose. And I feel like this is probably the most common that I see because of the work that I do. I don't, it's not the most common, it's rare. I would definitely the most common is the soul's evolution, like just coming from my soul's evolution. Like that is definitely the most common, but in my work, I end up seeing a lot of dual purpose, which is basically a soul that comes for both their soul's evolution and for the collective evolution. So it's like these two, you know, they're they're doing two things at the same time, basically. And that can be a little complicated, (laughs) but, um, but they serve each other. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you're in college and you do like those, I mean, when you're in high school and you do like those dual credits where you like, you take a high school class and it also helps, it also helps you in college. Like that's basically what this soul is doing. And they're just doing a little bit of, a little bit of both. Now, as you can see, I did not talk about career at all. Like, unless maybe, maybe you're a healer and you decide you want to make money as a healer, like that's maybe one of the things, but career is is separate from purpose. And when we see somebody's purpose, really what I find, some of them are like super narrow, like their contract is so narrow that it's like, they can only do it in this form. (laughs) You know, like, I feel like I'm one of those people, like it's pretty, my, my contract is pretty narrow because it's like the certain things that I was meant to do this lifetime. It takes up so much space that in a way, like I can only do it in the way that, that supports and in a way supporting myself financially keeps me accountable to do my purpose. So that's kind of why it's together. But a lot of us have creative freedom as to how we do that purpose. Like we can mix it in with work if we want to, but we can also not, you know? So I hope that gives you a little bit of like, you know, to let yourself breathe a little bit. I think it also releases the ego, you know, cause a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I must um, like do this thing and um, this is what I'm meant to do and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's really um, let yourself know that you have choice and like how you end up doing your career. And also knowing that the purpose, like a life purpose is literally that you guys, it's life purpose. So it is gonna take the entirety of your life to accomplish this. (laughs) So um, that's why in my readings, I like to look at the current purpose also, because, you know, the life purpose is like, okay, when I close my eyes and I die, hopefully I have somewhat mastered this concept, whether it's like a soul's evolution, you know, purpose, or it's a collective, like that I've somewhat completed that but that doesn't mean that I'm supposed to complete it when I'm 25 or I'm 30, right? Like you have a long life to do this. So that's one thing that I feel like I did not understand. You know, most of us, when we hear our purpose and it still happens to me to till this day, I get this like strong sense of urgency. Like I must do it now. And, or I get really like upset about things that are happening in the world. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're so far behind, (laughs) you know? And um, I get really like all this fire in me. And I remember, I have to, and I remember, of course, by seeing you guys, by seeing my clients, I'm being like, oh my gosh, this person has such a long life and their purpose, you know, it's going to take up the 90 years that they're going to be here on earth. So remember that, you know, if you start to feel your purpose or understand it a little bit, 
definitely know that you got a whole lifetime to do that. The current purpose, which is also something we can see in a reading, is basically like the to-do list or the task. So like if purpose is this like giant, you know, this is the goal for this lifetime. You know, when you have a goal, you make like a little to-do list, right? You're like, okay, I have this big goal. And these are the things I need to do to accomplish that goal. That's basically what we see in the current. And, you know, when you're doing a list, when you're knocking out things on a list, you know, like maybe one day you're doing three things on the list. Next day you might be doing four. So depending on when somebody reads you, we can see what is the person, you know, what's currently important for them to reach that, that purpose. And sometimes it's very, it looks very different than the purpose. So for instance, I'll read somebody who maybe is a healer and their purpose is to heal. And maybe they're going to even do that in career. And maybe they haven't like accomplished that yet in career, but then you look at your current purpose and the current purpose may be to focus on falling in love, to focus on finding your your soulmate partnership, because that may be something that supports like that purpose, excuse me, that person may be supportive of this person's path. And like, that may be something that's needed in her route in order to reach these other things. So it may look a little weird that that's important. And that's what we were talking about with Kat in the recording earlier, that like, there's this thing called seasons, <laughs> you know? And if I didn't go through a very strong family season, I wouldn't be able to show up the way that I can show up now because that created my root. And, um, and that created like my support system to be able to do like the work that I do now. So maybe, a, you know, five years ago, if I would have read that, I would have been like, that doesn't make any sense. If my purpose is to be this, then why do I need to be, you know, playing patty cake with my child? You know, like, why is that important? And that's because like these tasks, there's a very long to-do list task to get to this bigger purpose. So sometimes what's showing up in our lives may look so different than like what we feel our purpose is, but it's actually one of the things on the list that has to be knocked off. And that's what we would call a current purpose inside the Akashic records. So I found that interesting when I started to find that with my clients. So that's what I got for you guys. That's what I, you know, I don't want to overwhelm you too much with purpose. I'm going to give you a few suggestions if like that's the stage that you're in. I think that Kat's conversation hopefully was, you know, inspiring. If you're finding yourself in this place right now that you're like, you know, what is my purpose? Number one, you know, the cool thing about the universe is when you ask a question, you will receive the answer, you know? So don't be afraid of asking those questions because with time, you will find those answers. So it's a beautiful place to start. Like ask and you shall receive. The truth is the universe is like a Google search bar. So the fact that you're asking those questions, just know that ultimately you will receive it. You might not receive it today or tomorrow or even this year, but you are going to get that answer. So just keep asking those questions, release them. Don't be obsessive like Kat and I were, like we said, and know that like you're going to find that. Definitely like if you feel there's something a little bit like sparking in your heart, it is nice to get a reading or to get somebody who can maybe kind of brainstorm with you that is a person who's in their heart, preferably not somebody in their head, because I definitely like, for me, the hardest part was like, when I knew I wanted to do this work, of course, I went to like all the business coaches and not that all business coaches are bad. It's just that some, you know, some business coach training is like all about like strategy in your head and all those things. That's a limit because the purpose is more heart-based. It comes from the soul, not from the brain. The brain is a human part of us. So when I would go to those people, it was like all this strategy and that didn't feel good for me either. 
So making sure that you're going somewhere with somebody who can help you, who feels already heart-centered, somebody who's already kind of done that work to be in their heart. And that from that place, you know, you'll be able to get some, some support. And then whatever information that you do get, even if it feels super limited, it's like, you know, I remember some point in my early twenties, I was like, I'm meant to work with like groups. Like I just knew that I was like meant for like masses and like women, like there was just, I kind of understood that, but you know, at that time it didn't mean shit to me. I was like, you know, 23 years old, I was an editor and it didn't mean anything to me. So of course my logical mind wanted to put that in some sort of category. I was like, maybe I should work for a nonprofit, you know, raise your hand if you've thought about working for a nonprofit (laughs) and then you work there and you're like, this is a piece of shit. I've said shit a lot this episode, guys. I really need to expand my, my curses apparently. So, you know, like just let yourself get those little tidbits and try not to humanify them. Basically try not to put them in like human categories because that's where it can get like a little um, frustrating. So you might get like little, you know, messages, little kind of like, oh, this is, you know, you're supposed to do this, supposed to do that. And try to just sit with it and try to find something that feels very soft and heart-centered to accomplish that knowing. So it doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, drop everything and go work for that nonprofit because I'm supposed to work with women and girl, you know, like do something that is small, like understand that like those messages are like bricks that are being placed down. If you're taking this yellow brick road, that message is just one brick, you know, and it's going to take some time for you to see the the road out for a long time. Like you're, you're only going to get some like pieces little by little. So don't put like, you know, all your eggs in one basket. Like if you just get one brick, then just take a step forward into that one brick. Don't, you know, be impulsive or feel like you need to have all the answers for that. So that would be my best start, you know? And ultimately you'll see, you'll be led to really cool programs or teachers or, you know, experiences that help you find it more and more. Don't put pressure on yourself to know it all right away. Follow what your heart is telling you today. You know, I don't know, like my heart right now is telling me to do this podcast with you, to teach you guys about intuition, to, you know, muse about all these things. Like that's what my heart's telling me right now. But I don't know that when I die, if that's going to, I don't know how big of a deal, this work that I'm doing right now is going to be in the story of my life. You know, I'm just 38. I've been doing this for a few years. I feel that it's going to be important. I've been thinking about legacy lately. So I do feel that it's going to be important right now, but the truth is I don't fully know, but for now, this is, this really feels like where I'm supposed to be. This really feels like what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not going to pretend like I am God and that I know for sure, for sure. Like, you know, what this is going to mean in the story of my life. But I am okay with knowing like, this is where I am. This is what I love right now. And this is perfect in this moment. So that's really how we live into our purpose. Like Kat started to say in our episode. So yeah, hope this was equal parts, nerdy information, purpose information that is just nerdy and fun that I love. And also that may guide you along your path. All right. Okay, my friends, I love you much. I know your purpose is beautiful and I'm grateful for you and for everything that you're doing in this world. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. 
If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.